think I just was obsessed with the idea or sold this fantasy. You know, that's the life that you want. Yeah. And then when you don't have that and everything comes crashing down, you're left with you. A, a friendship of 10 years I lost. And then mm -hmm. like a couple of months later, it was the divorce. And I was like, God, is it me? And I remember I was like, God, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Why? And God being like, they couldn't go. They were great in that season. They just could not go. Yeah. And what I didn't realize, and you know, obviously hindsight is 2020, it was all protection though. Mm -hmm. The version of me that I am now and the, the business that I run now and the things that have changed and evolved in my life, they couldn't, it was little, they would have destroyed me yeah. had they come along. Oof. Hey you guys, welcome to In Totality, a place where we celebrate authenticity and openness. We're here for those who are willing to explore, those who embrace imperfections, and for those with open hearts and minds. I'm excited to embark on this journey with you, and while I can't predict every twist and turn, I'm certain that God will be by our side with every step of obedience. Welcome to In Totality with me, your host, Megan Ashley. Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of In Totality. You are here joining me with part two with my friend Sarah Lovestyle, who's here. Thank you again for joining Thank us. Um, we were we left off kind of talking about <laughs> co-parenting, and I'm sure some of you guys can relate. Co-parenting is hard. It's, it's hard. not something um, that, one, you see talked about a whole lot, mm -hmm. um, especially in our community, yeah. right, in our, in our culture, um, but- it's funny because uh, I was having a conversation with my ex the other day, and if I'm just being transparent with you guys, we're really trying to figure out how to navigate co-parenting. It's really difficult for us. I think there are still feelings that are left over of resentment and bitter bitterness towards the divorce, and you know, there's all these feelings, and you you spend so much time with a person, all of that doesn't go away overnight. You know what I mean? There's a lot of history there, and so. Um, we were navigating kind of through like a tiny conflict and, um, he's like, you know, you, you see your parents, they're friends and they're, they've been divorced my whole life, but they're like best friends. And he was like, so I, he's like, I forget that you had a different example. Mm. And so I'm always kind of like, you know, I kind of approach him in that way mm -hmm. and, he's not used to that. His parents are still together. Like he hasn't ever seen that right. where for me, I'm like, my parents are friends and it's not a, you know, they're great. And they, they come over with their significant others and we're all together and it's fine, you know? And I have a desire to have that as well with, with my ex and with our kids. But I think it's always like, he's like, you don't understand that that's not normal, that what you got to experience with your mom and dad isn't normal. Right. And so you can't just expect that for every, you know, divorce couple. It's, I wasn't sure how to answer it, but I'll, I'll answer it as honestly as my soul will allow. <laughs> Co-parenting is, is different. Yeah. It's difficult. Um, it has not been an easy journey. Um, but what I will say is I had hoped for that result, mm -hmm. but we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if we ever will be. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay, okay with, with that. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with being hopeful and having a healthy co-parenting relationship. And um, I think it's something to be, to, to be commended. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I see it all the time with friends of mine who are divorced and their friends and they they're friends now, but it took yeah. them a while to get there. Yeah. 
So it is something that I'm hopeful for, mm -hmm. but it's not something that I'm going to force or trying to create something that's uh, yes, not there. Yes. Especially if it's to my detriment. Yes. Because at the end of the day, my health comes first. See, that was another thing for me that I had to like really... I made the decision yeah. to get divorced. So I knew that there was going to be a level of heaviness on me sure. because I made that decision, right. right? Regardless of all the actions that led up to that, right. I still made the decision to leave. Right. And so I think I always kind of, there's like a guilt that kind of comes along with that because you're the reason why it, or it can seem, mm -hmm. you're the reason why mom and dad aren't together when right. it comes to your kids. And right. I know I, I, I hate that feeling yeah. that I'm the one who made that decision which changed everyone's life, right? right? Um, and that it doesn't just affect, you know, my ex and I, it affects our kids, it affects our family, yeah. it affects friends, mutual friends that we've had that now it's like, you got to pick. <laughs> you going to take that friend or I'm taking that friend because we both can't have the same friends. Um, it, you know, family members and my family is like super open and invite. They love everyone. And yeah, once you're is. in, you're in. And yeah. so like my family doesn't discard you after divorce. Like all everyone in our family, if they've gone through a divorce, their exes are still part of our families, you know, gatherings and events. Yeah. That's unless it, wild. unless it was like the offense was like super egregious. Yeah. And, and then in my opinion, I felt like my offense was super, I felt like, I was like, well, it's egregious. this is egregious and I need all of you to cut him <laughs> off. You can't be talking to him and having him over for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, y'all have to pick, you know? And I, um, you know, I, I like put distance between me and my family because they were like, Megan, at the end of the day, you brought him into our lives. He is the father of your children. We're still, we're, like, they were like, and you're going to get over this one. Like, you guys will be fine one day. Yeah, but and let so, me get to one day. And that's what I was saying. I'm like, yo, but <laughs> let, let me get, get let day. me get to that point. But I understood where they were coming from. Yeah. I had empathy and compassion for where they were coming sure. from, too. Um, and I'm happy that we're in a place now where we can be in the same room and it's not, you know, it's not a thing. But, um, but it is interesting. And I think that time is just the best thing. Like you just need to take your time yeah. and be honest with each other and, um, and set those boundaries. Like those boundaries are really necessary. I don't front. play about my boundaries. Yeah. Those are real necessary. I said something recently. Um, I don't think people and women in particular, I don't think we realize how much courage it takes and how much confidence it takes mm -hmm. to enforce your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to move them a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I'll move it like an inch. Yep. And society teaches us to be like joyful and smile and kind and, uh, you know, be thankful. And mm -hmm. it's it's okay. Like if mm -hmm. it's like a slight offense. Mm -hmm. It's not that bad. Mm -hmm. But then that slight that bad gets to be the next line and then the mm -hmm. next line and the next line. And then before you know it, all those little micro movements of your boundaries are like 90 miles away from where your original boundary was. Mm -hmm. I know for me, that's what happened. They were small. Yeah. And then I looked up and I was like, where the heck am, am I? I? Yeah. And how did I end up isolated on an island, island. alone? Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. you have me entirely messed up. <laughs> right. Because God is still working on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I was like, oh, how did I get here? Yeah. All my boundaries had been crossed. But I didn't even notice as they were being moved. Yeah. Because I thought they were small and I was like, okay, they can't be that bad. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe I'm being sensitive. That's what I was going to say. Or, As a woman, I'm being sensitive. I'm being it's, sensitive. 
it's or my I'm hormones or yeah or or it's that time of the month and then i look back and i'm like no 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 i wasn't tripping no i was not tripping at all and i'm not crazy no at all yeah <laughs> at all so now i have zero issues enforcing my boundaries i have yeah. and and i know that that does not sit well with people mm-hmm. including my ex-husband at times mm-hmm. but it is what it is yep it's yeah. this way or no way. It's yeah. you you adhere to my boundaries. Yeah. Or it's no way at all. Yeah. And I'm that way in my friendships. I'm I'm in every aspect of my life now. Mm-hmm. I can see. Do you remember when the older folks were like, "You'll understand when you get older," mm-hmm. and uh, and they just gave no f's at all. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. You get to a certain point. You've been through enough in your life. You've you dealt lost with enough, enough. You enough loss that you're just like no. Yep. That's why I say I can't wait till I'm like. 4650. Oh, I'm going to be a mess. I can't wait. Because you could just say whatever you want. You don't, Like, I've been through enough. I, if, at 33, if I've been through an, as much as I've been, I've been through, through at 33, I can't wait to have some some more grays come in Maybe. so that you can really see all this wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I'm really just not going to care. I'm really going to be one of those old women that's like, girl, talking to the young girls. Like, and I'm like, why do they talk like that? Like, dang, we didn't even ask. They're like, mm-hmm. you know what? No, that is I. Yep. That I can't me. wait. That is me. I cannot wait. So tell me what um, what are some lessons that you feel? Because I had a friend that gave me this quote, and and she says, in a sea full of accountability, everyone has a teaspoon, mm-hmm. at least a teaspoon. Yeah. And so um, when making the decision to leave my marriage, um, there was a a lot of things that I had to address within myself. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of mistakes that I made. There were a lot of decisions that I made that weren't right. There were a lot of ways that I was not fully who I know God calls a wife to be in my marriage. I realized that. And I wish, you know, there's so many times I wish that the place that I'm in where I'm at now with God, I wish I was then there because I would have prayed different. I would have interceded on his behalf differently. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wouldn't have changed him at all, but I just didn't practice. I didn't do any of those things the way I know I would, would do now in the place that I'm in now. Um, but I just know that God showed me a lot about me yeah. in that divorce, yeah. some areas that I needed to tighten up on, some areas that I needed to be better um, with. And once I moved out of our house in May and moved into this home, I was like, oh, wow, like it just like a ton of bricks. Like it was just things that God was showing me about me. Yeah. Um, so did you have that similar experience where God shows you Sarah? Like what was Sarah's role? Do you want my real answer? <laughs> God came to me and sat me down <laughs> and I'm praying. I'm praying. And it was a good prayer too. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was Shabba, man. I was in the spirit. And God was like, stop. I'm sorry, what? He says to me, stop. Oof. And I'm talking to him about what he did, what he did, and why I'm not happy, and why this happened, and this happened, and this happened. And he's like, are you going to focus on you or what? Let's talk about you. All marriage does, and this goes for anyone who is even wanting to get married or someone mm-hmm. before you get married. There are two things that happen within marriage. And they were, there are two things that I wish I would have been cognizant mm-hmm. of sooner. One is marriage exposes you. Whoop, talk about it. Expose. It exposes both of you. There's no hiding it. There's, there's no, the, the worst parts of you, your partner gets to know. 
Mm-hmm. The the ugly, like, do you brush your teeth first thing in the morning? Do you shower twice mm-hmm. a day? There are things that you can hide to everyone else that, that you, you cannot hide, hide Come to your partner. So marriage exposes both sides. Mm-hmm. And the second thing that I learned is marriage is a mirror. Yep. So even though in my mind, his sins were more egregious, they were, mm-hmm. I was mirroring the same behavior in a different way though. That just gave me chills. I'm like, God, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, bro. He sent harder. He's the problem. <laughs> it's yeah. him. And he's the man. Ain't he supposed to be responsible for this he's marriage? He's supposed to lead. Where was he leading me to? Where, where are we going? Where are we going? And God was like, but you're the helpmate. You Ooh. helped him get there half the time. I was like, okay. I was like, that wasn't nice. That wasn't nice. But it was true. But it was true, though. Because I wasn't heavy in my word. I wasn't praying Sarah, I'm about to throw this iPad at you. I, I, the woman I am now is not, it's crazy. I just had this conversation yesterday with a friend of mine and they were like, what would your partner say about you? Like the version of you now? And I'm like, he doesn't know me. He doesn't, he doesn't know, know me. This. Oh my God. He doesn't know me. I'm funny. <laughs> Y'all, I am a full comedian out here in these streets. I'm not, I am funny. I did not know I was funny. That's hilarious. I love to dance. I didn't. No, I didn't know. Mm. I, there are so many parts of me that have changed and evolved. And don't get me wrong. That also was not his responsibility. Mm-hmm. That was mine. Mm-hmm. My evolution was my sole responsibility. Sole responsibility. Yep. My faith in my walk was not ours. It was your, come it was on, mine. Come on. Cause people, cause we get that confused. I, I got that. I got that confused. I tried it. I'm I tried like, to have it for both of us. Or, or got to the point where I was like, okay, I ain't doing nothing then. See, I never got there. I got to that point. I was like, all right, God, forget it. I I'm not, if he's not going to do it, then why do I have to do it? I was like, I'm going to do it for both of us. Mm, I tried that too, and that didn't work either. And it doesn't work. And yeah. again, my, let me be clear that this is not even, a, this is not about him. Right. This right. is about me and yeah. my journey. And I, the mirror that I saw, I did not like. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I also had a choice. Mm-hmm. And also, if I can be quite honest, and we can choose to talk about this or not, I knew I should have left. A long time ago. Three years prior. Mm-hmm. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song, of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device, subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And when I finally filed for divorce, I know God was like, finally. <laughs> finally. Because mm-hmm. how, how much, because I was holding on to, stop trying to control it. Yeah. Stop trying to own yeah. this person. Because you can't make a person choose. And you know I don't I mean? own yeah. him. Yeah. Yep. He's I don't not, own yeah. the rights to to 
to decide what and how I want this person to behave or yeah. be. They're just not. When people yeah. show you who they are, believe them the first time. And I had to surrender that to God and be like, all right, mm. okay, okay. Mm-hmm. How many more lessons did I need to learn before I walked away? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, and before everyone goes off, cause you know, God hates divorce, but I'm going to need yes. you to read the whole yeah, entire please. verse. Please get in read the context. The, read the whole. Yeah. Read the whole thing. Yeah. And we don't have enough time and nor is it my responsibility to <laughs> our responsibility on the podcast right. to tell you what the entire thing is. Right. But yes, God hates divorce. But there are also ways that God hates infidelity. Talk about it. There are, God isn't like sit there and take the abuse. That's not no, in the word. That's not. And that needs to be very clear. Stop. Stop making women feel like they have to be abused because they made a decision to get married. No one signed up for abuse. No my one signed up for the best thing I ever did. <laughs> He's like, it, I don't like when people do that. I don't even. And be like, God hates divorce. Yes, he does. He also hates a lot of other things too. So let's not make it. I hate when people do that. It's also not the full scripture though. Yeah. That's yeah. not the full scripture. Yeah. And there's a, there's so many, there's so many responsibilities that are placed on both parties, mm-hmm. but there is a heavier responsibility on placed on the, well, placed on the man as far as how he's going to be held accountable right. for. So when we stand before God at the judgment seat, we're going to be held accountable for us. Yeah. A man stands before God and is held accountable for his family. So his wife is, he's going to be held accountable for all that. So there is a heavier pressure and responsibility on a man, which is why I felt in my marriage, I feel like I'm carrying us spiritually and I don't want to, nor do I even felt like I had the tools to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm too young to handle this responsibility. And, and, and it also felt like, I don't know if it was even, I felt like I was carrying it all and it didn't even feel like he wanted to carry half. You know what I mean? For that part of it. So, you know, the whole idea of permitting abuse for the sake of divorce, I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that at all. No. And it's, it's such an, divorce is such an interesting journey because I thought my focus would be on him and my entire journey has been about me mm. and navigating myself spiritually and yeah. navigating the areas in my marriage that I could take responsibility for and the things that I would have done differently or could have done differently. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like in my situation, I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I wasn't given a choice. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I had a decision to make. I could break and die in this valley mm-hmm. or I could move forward yep. and be renewed and strengthened and navigate it in a new way, in a new life. Mm-hmm. I, I was married, not dead. I'm a mom, not dead. That part. My life and my purpose did not end. Nope. When I said I do. Nope. My purpose did not end when my marriage ended. Yeah. And why do we believe that because you make the decision to leave a marriage doesn't mean that like God isn't caught off guard no. by anything. And no. I think that that's the thing that we have to understand for women too, is that he still knows the plans that he has for you. Like he still knows, he knows you're in from your beginning. He, he knows. For my mistakes. Yeah, he, pl- he knows. He knew. So he's, 
he's not going to, and he promises to never leave you nor forsake you. So he's going to be with you even in the time where it feels. And I think because divorce feels like shame. Yeah. It's such a shameful thing. It brings on the opportunity to just be in shame because it's like, you know, who wants to be divorced? I didn't. That's not what I signed up for. Like, that's not what I signed up for. Nope. And I thought I was going to be the one to break the generational curse. You know, my grandmother got divorced and my mom got divorced and I'm going to be the one to break the generational curse. Like we're going all the way through hell or high water. And, you know, I just wasn't, I, I wasn't equipped for, like you said, marriage brings out the worst of you. It exposes the worst of you. There were parts of me and I was like, who Who am I? Yeah, I looked at there. I remember one time I reacted and I was like, oh, that was ugly. ugly. I ain't like that. And I tell I tell people all the time, and I've had like younger girls, you know, I got married when I was 19. You got married at 20. So, or I got married at 20. You got married at 23. So we, you know, similar age. I always tell people, I'm like, look, marriage doesn't fix anything, no. but it exposes everything, everything, but it does not fix anything. No. Marriage is not the thing that's going to fix it. No. So if you are, because we also both grew up in church, both yep. PKs. So we, I know you know a lot of people that just wanted to have sex so bad that they hurried up and got I married mean. thinking that it was going to, you know, relieve them of the guilt of having sex. Yep. But then guess what? All the other things come with that. Correct. It's not, marriage is not something to be played with. Mm-hmm. It is a sacred thing and it takes a lot of intentionality. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of prayer. It's work, man. It's work. And people are like, why are you saying that it's work? Because it is. It requires intention every day. Yeah. You choose to love this person every Every. day. Mm -hmm. And we laughed about this earlier. At the end of the day, Jesus died for this person too. This is still my son. And whom I am hopefully well pleased. (laughs) (laughs) That's his business. (laughs) Like it is like when I had to conceptualize the idea of God wasn't just for me. He was for him too. He was for him too. Yeah. Yeah. And you can still love that person and care for that person. No, you're going to do it from way over there. there. Yeah. But it just, I mean, it is a daily practice. Marriage yeah. is daily. Daily. Do I choose to love this person when they stink, when they are annoying mm-hmm. and when they are frustrated? And mm-hmm. like, there's going to be moments where you're going to feel disrespected. There yeah. are moments where intentionally or not, obviously, again, say, we're not talking like no one's going to hurt you more than your spouse. And no one's really going to hurt you more than your spouse. The person that can hurt you that bad is because they're the person, person closest, closest to you. Yep. Yep. And so it is a choice, a daily choice that you make every day. Yeah. And if you can't commit to that every single day, every single day, and then commit to loving yourself in the process every single day, every single day, but also understanding that you are evolving and you're not going to be perfect. And then taking accountability. And I won't lie. Taking accountability is hard when it's your partner. Oof, hard. Because I can call my friends and be like, dang, I really messed up today. Mm-hmm. And by the way, accountability isn't when somebody calls you. It's when you call when you them. T- 
you tell them that, hey, I really screwed up. I need accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, but it's hard when it feels like you're being judged or you feel like mm-hmm. you're, you know, again, we're not talking about narcissism. We're not talking about abuse. We're not, we're talking about two healthy people having a conversation, yeah. but the accountability can be difficult when it's your partner. Yeah. And because it's vulnerability. It is. It's being vulnerable. You're exposed. Exposed, Yeah. And and I think that's the thing too. It's like people rush to get married because everybody wants couple goals. Everybody wants you know. Everybody wants the black love and the you know we're the we're the you know the boss couple and the you know everybody wants that. But but we are seeing a, just a continuous increase of divorce because people get into these covenants and they're not prepared for what comes along with that covenant. Yeah. And so it's all the fantasy though, to a certain extent. I mean, on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everybody out here not being truthful. Everybody out here showing they highlight reel and your Thanksgiving pictures and your Christmas cards. Don't even get me started on that because there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of fronting. You know what I'm saying? You said it on me. (laughs) There's a whole lot of look at my queen, but you got, a few concubines. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So it's, yeah, we're sold on this fantasy that marriage is like this beautiful thing and, yeah. and it's and it's couple goals and it's pictures and it's reels and it's TikToks and it's so cool and yeah. look, look, look. And okay, I was married for 12 years, going on 13 years. It is work. I don't care what any, and anybody says that the marriage isn't work. No, it's work. Their marriage isn't working. It's, it is. Work. Cause it's work. It's work. Well, it's imagine going to a job and not doing the work. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be, you'd be fired. Yeah. And it's a constant, you have to constantly be self-sacrificing because you're always supposed to put someone before yourself. And this is why. Before you get married, especially for those who believe and who are believers and who are trying to live for God, you need to understand that God requires that of you regardless. So if you haven't mastered that, but you're trying to hurry up and get married, Don't you are it. going to fall flat on your face Don't do it. and be in a world of hurt. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to be self-sacrificing, which means you have to learn how to put your little attitude aside for a second. You have to know the needs of your partner and be able to give them their their needs and help facilitate with some of those needs right. as their partner mm-hmm. when you don't feel like it. Yeah. Ladies, when you don't feel like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to do it because your partner needs it. You know what I'm saying? If you got to schedule it, schedule it. You got to put it on the calendar, put it on the calendar. But there are, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have to sacrifice something. Yeah. It's not always about you. Mm-mm. It's not. No. And I think that like, even I got kind of caught up in that a little bit of being like, cause I'm an extremist. So I'll either be super self-sacrificing or super selfish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And trying to find that balance, yeah. but it's not what everyone projects it to be. It is work to be married and to have a healthy relationship. And it's a beautiful journey. I mean, don't, uh, like it, it is, I think understanding the real. Something that I wish I would have done that I didn't do because I thought I had it figured out mm-hmm. at 23 and I just knew it all and I was so in love and is I wish I, we would have done premarital counseling better. I wish <sighs> something that I, um, a friend of mine's a counselor and he was doing this thing with his girlfriend and I was like, that's actually a great idea. They go to couples therapy together. 
when mm. they knew that they were being intentional towards the potential of marriage, I they started going that. to therapy separately and together. I love that. And I wish I would have done that and then stayed in therapy throughout yeah. um, like the marriage because you evolve and you change and your needs change. And um, I know that's something in the future that I will yeah. definitely do. A hundred percent. But I really wish I would have done premarital counseling. I wish that like, okay, so marriage is a legal thing. Yes. Like when you go get married, you have to have a, it's like a legal contract, mm -hmm. right? You go and you sign a marriage. So you have to go to the courts and you have to do it. So it's like this legal thing. I feel like there should have been established some sort of counseling, like I'm going to questionnaire. <laughs> it, any like there needs to be a page questionnaire because we know that with the family structure how our society thrives with the family structure mm -hmm. with a two-parent household we see the statistics of how kids thrive better which means that we have a healthier society we have a healthier world when we have a two-parent household those are just statistics those aren't just biblical things those are just the facts mm -hmm. right so I feel like if the government makes us go through all these processes of getting married, mm -hmm. going to the courts and signing all the, you know, the whatever, I feel like there should be, if we know that this is healthy for society, right. what are we doing to make sure that these families are healthy? What do we have established in our country to make sure that our family structures are healthy? Right. So when people are going to get a marriage license, you need to have, just like when you go get a driver's license, uh -huh. you got to have a certain amount of hours that you have practiced. There needs to be a, a counseling log. We need to see that you've been in therapy because y'all not about to come up here messing up our society because you just want to be, because you're infatuated with each other. Yep. And then you go have these kids and then you, the family falls apart. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And then it just sets forth destruction yeah. throughout our society. I feel like there needs to be logged counseling or therapy time or marriage counseling there before be people something. get married. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to where I was. It was just this, I was so in love. Yep. And obsessed. Obsessed. And I'm young and we're young and what could possibly go wrong in yeah. marriage is forever. And I'm committed to this thing forever. And I'm committed to this person forever. And there definitely should be something in place and there are definitely some things that I wish I would have done yeah. differently. Again, I don't know if that would have changed anything. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that would have resulted in a different outcome. Um, but I wish that there were things in place yeah. that, that would have at least for myself made me been more prepared to yeah. be a wife. And now don't get me wrong. I was a darn good wife. <laughs> I, I loved being a wife. Yeah, but sometimes same. I wonder, I think about it now on the other side, did I love the idea of being a wife? I though? did. I love the idea. I loved the idea. I loved the idea. I, I loved, I loved doing it, but I only felt like I loved doing it when he was loving me. Right. Oh, for sure. And when he was loving me, right. Then I really loved doing it. But I think I loved the idea more of it because if you really love it, you love it even when it doesn't feel good. Do you know what I mean? If you really love it and you're really committed to it, you're committed to it. And it doesn't matter. It's not predicated on how he's treating you. It, you're just going to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think I just was obsessed with the idea. Yeah. Like you said, we're sold this fantasy, this yeah. white picket fence and the kids and the matching Christmas PJs mm -hmm. and the dog. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's the life that you want. Yeah. And then when you don't have that and everything comes crashing down, you're left with you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that I wish, I don't know if, you know, me and my ex, I don't know if 
our outcome would have been different, but I wish I would have taken the time to know God in the way that I know him now. Cause I would have been different. Yeah. I would have saved myself from so much pain from relation friendships and all types of things. Mm -hmm. I would have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would have saved myself from a lot of pain if I was, if I know what I know now, if I knew it then and was able to apply it, right? you know, I would, I would, I would be different. Yeah. I lost, it's interesting that you mentioned friendships as well, because those are also work, um, especially when we're parents and entrepreneurs and we're trying to juggle everything else. Like work. I, I know that my friends give me grace and mm -hmm. I require it because mm -hmm. I just can't be on all the time. I can't. Yeah. Um, but I remember like in the same year, you know, a, a friendship of 10 years I lost. And then mm -hmm. like a couple of months later, it was the divorce. And then a, a couple of months after that, it was somebody on my team that I was really close with. And then a few months of that. And I was like, God, is it me? And I remember I was like, God, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Why? And God being like, they couldn't go. They cannot go. That sucks. And they were great in that season and being married was great in that season for, you know, for whatever it was. And, um, you know, having these relationships and people on my team and they just could not go. Yeah. And what I didn't realize, and you know, obviously hindsight is 2020. It was all protection though. They really couldn't go. Mm -hmm. The version of me that I am now and the, the business that I run now and the things that have changed and evolved in my life. They couldn't, they, they yeah. couldn't go. Yeah. They couldn't, it was little, they would have destroyed me yeah. had they come along. Oof. And you know what's crazy? Because I feel like you're a lot like me in the sense of like, you're very loyal, yeah. like a loyal person. And I know that like my mom, thank God I have a mom that prays and knows God. I'm so thankful that I have a mother that prays for me. Thank you, mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I pray that my kids can say the same thing about me. I pray that my kids will be like, I, if anything, my mom prayed and knew God. Yeah. And she knew how to call heaven down yeah. when she needed to, right? And I'm um, gonna kick the doors down, but that's a whole different thing. Kick them down, do all all the things. <laughs> I'm right? Kick the doors down. Um, my kids know I don't play. I do not play, right? <laughs> it's Jesus. Try Jesus, not me, y'all. She said. She said to me. She said, you know, Megan. Um, sometimes God has to do drastically take things away from you because you're too loyal. You'll never walk away. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition pack add-ons to help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Fuel up fast with Factors restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done all the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved and nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast upscale options done easily. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals a week. Plus, you can pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. 
Head to factormeals.com slash totality50 and use code totality50 and get 50% off. That's code totality50 at factormeals.com slash totality50 to get 50% off. All right, guys, back to the show. All right, guys, before we continue on with this episode, just a quick announcement. Black representation in media is super important to our community as it promotes diversity, challenges stereotypes, and allows for more authentic storytelling. It helps foster a sense of belonging and can positively impact societal perceptions and breaking down biases. Tabitha Brown, Ava DuVernay, Viola Davis, Issa Rae all have made significant contributions to film, television, and media paving the way for more diversity and inclusion. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories and Black truths. I recently listened to an episode titled The Civil Rights Generation. The show gives a deeper look into the stories beyond the history book providing firsthand accounts of what happened from the people who actually lived it. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. It's NPR's Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices that are varied, nuanced, and Black. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, guys, back to the show. Baby. I, and, she was, and when she told me that, I said, oh, facts. I would have never walked away. I would have Certain never things away. had to be that painful because I would have never walked away. I would have never. I would have, never, I would have stayed complacent. Yep. I would have stayed stuck, yep. stagnant. Yep. I wouldn't have progressed. I would have been influenced to do other things. Yep. I would have been influenced to not, you know, to be even in my walk with Christ. Like I feel so passionate about my relationship with Jesus right now. It's like the one like literally top important thing and then it's like my kids and everything else yeah. but like my relationship with God right now is the most important thing to me and that would have never been had everything not been snatched away from me at one time it felt like so pastor Stephen Furtick has this sermon series from so it might have been around the time I think it was a year prior to my divorce but then I was listening to over and over and over, like really heavy but he had the the series that was it happened i love it i love that series it had to happen, happen. i'm mm -hmm. glad it happened and when i tell you i'm at the i'm glad it happened mm -hmm. all of it all of it yeah which is also why even though the divorce sucked and even though the reason why we got divorced sucked and even though like a lot of those choices were stripped from me mm -hmm. part of the reason why i could forgive him is because where I am now and the mm -hmm. journey that it took me through, as much as I could have skipped those lessons and circumstances, mm -hmm. 
I'm glad it happened. Yeah. It, and it had to happen. It had God to happen. knew I would have never walked away. Yep. From the friendships, from the, I would not have walked yeah. away. Yep. And it would have destroyed Dude. me. Yep. Yep. In every sense of the way, spiritually, yep. mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, like let's, let's not yep. play. In every sense, every, all of it, it would have destroyed me. Yep. It had to happen. Yeah. I'm in that stage right now. I'm in the, it, it had to happen stage. Like I'm not in the, I'm glad it happened. I'm there slightly in the sense of where I am with God. Like yeah. I'm so glad that I'm, I'm in this place with him, mm-hmm. but um, oh, I, I didn't think, feel that way two years ago. By yeah, the way. I know. I know it will be time. Yeah. I know there will be time until I get to, I'm glad it happened. Um, but I, I know it had to be, I know it had to be. And, and I want to ask you this because this is, I know this is one of your first times really talking about yeah. all of the things. And I struggle with this because I get a lot of feedback with people wanting to know details. Yeah. Well, what happened? What did he do? What did he do? You know, what it, you know, what happened in that relationship? Why did that relationship fall apart? Or what ha- the people want to know the details so bad. And yeah. I, um, I don't want it to be misconstrued as trying to hide anything or trying to not be transparent or trying to not be uh, vulnerable. But I think that people have to understand that even though we are on social media and we have podcasts and we are in the public eye, we're still human. And the other parties involved are also still human. And I am not going to subscribe to what culture wants me to do by bashing anyone or throwing their dirty laundry or, you know, because they didn't do nothing to y'all. This was between me and them. Correct. And so I just, I will never until, you know, the other parties could maybe sit, we could have a conversation like this and we're both healed and we're both evolved fully out of that pain then we can sit down and have a conversation and it would be their story to share right but i just don't feel like it is my responsibility and i I just wanted to bring that up because you and i are very similar in the way that we go about integrity and we you know we'll dust our feet off and keep moving but we're not going to drag the other person to make us look like because we're not victim people you know what I mean it just doesn't serve a purpose for me yeah it it did not and also I'm very private anyway Mm -hmm. in every aspect of my life Mm -hmm. um but for this one in particular I've never discussed it publicly until now um and I refuse to show the details of why because it doesn't matter Matter. yeah it does not it does not matter and bashing him does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't heal my spirit. Um, I get to relive it and be what? Angry? Angry. And I am not. Yeah. I'm I'm not angry. Yeah. I'm not resentful. I'm not. Um and forgiveness is for me. It's not for y'all. Right. <laughs> right. Right. The it it doesn't to me anyway, in, in my mind, and it's not again, it's not me hiding anything and mm-hmm. it's not me. Um, wanting to keep it a secret or whatever, it literally just does not serve serve, a purpose for me. Yeah. And one of the questions that I ask myself a lot with anything that I do is what is my intention? Yeah. And if it does not have an intention that is good and pure and yeah, my entire brand is built on love. Yeah. And I live that way in my personal life. And so um, it just, it doesn't. But also I, I have children. 
that's the thing too. And I'm I like, and, and our kids are so old enough. And, then what? and they're old enough to be on the internet. Yeah. They're old and old enough to be on social media. And it's like, and they're friends and, and my goal has always been for my children to honor their father, because at the end of the day, that is still their father. That is still their dad. And you're still commanded by God to honor him regardless. Yeah. And so I'm never going to put my children in a position prematurely yeah. for them to judge something that they don't even have the maturity to judge yet. You're no. not even there yet. No. And so I'm also not going to risk that on the behalf, just so that social media can have their, what happened. Yeah. And I feel like the, what is the, what is for us in the parties involved, mm -hmm. right? But the why and the how, I, that's what the audience is. That's what they can have. You can have the, I can tell you the why I feel like God brought me through that. And yeah. I can tell you how he brought me through that right. and the after effects, but the what is none of anyone's business, but me and the parties that are involved, you and the parties that were involved. And then everyone gets an opinion that I don't have time for. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about your opinion now. Right. Why would I want your thoughts and opinions and advice now? Right. That's not for, yeah. If it's not God's voice, I don't need it. And that's no offense. Yeah. And you know, I know we live a very public life and social media and everything else, but no, it's a no for me. And I just, I don't care. And I just love, I just love that you have that same stance because we have such similar stories yeah. and I just don't see this, the, the, what it serves to do any of that. But I do always want my platform to be a place of vulnerability and transparency in the sense of, I want to tell you the, how God brought me through it and, did and what he did through, like what God did, yeah. not what, not what, what my ex did, not what that other friend did, not what the, they said, but what did God do? I want to make this about him and yeah. glorifying him and trying to bring up something that someone else did is not giving God any glory. It gives, it gives the enemy all the full platform, right. full opportunity to be glorified. And that's not my goal. My goal is to glorify God, you know? And, and, let me say this again, it, the way that I've chosen to handle it may not work for everyone. And I get that part. And, and there is a level of, uh, vulnerability that works for some folks and mm -hmm. is necessary for, for some folks to share. Um, but my testimony is that God has continued to provide for me and my children. Mm -hmm. He's been abundantly good mm -hmm. in the midst of all of it. Mm -hmm. The fact that I get to do what I do while still taking care of my son daily. Yeah. That's his full-time caregiver. Yeah. The fact that I get to be the best version of myself for myself and for my children. Yeah. And be the best daughter that I can be and, and be the best sister that I can be. No one can tell me that God is not real. Mm-hmm. When I say I was a stay-at-home mom, like, let me be very clear. I was a stay-at-home mom five years ago. Mm. And look where you are. That's crazy. And have built a multi-million dollar business. That is all God. Mm. I'm not qualified for none of the ish that I do by <laughs> man standards. I am not qualified to be in any financial realm. Mm. I'm technically not qualified to be in venture capital. I'm not qualified to be an angel investor in the spaces that I'm in, I'm technically not qualified to do any, any mm -hmm. of this. I don't have a marketing background. 
But when God calls, mm-hmm. he qualified me. Yep. And no one can take that from me. And equips you. And I can confidently walk into any room knowing everyone else has more degrees than a thermometer. Mm-hmm. They have more experience than I've ever had in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I'm 36. There are some folks I walk into a room and they have 40 years of experience, more experience than the time that I've lived. Mm-hmm. But man, the level of confidence that God has given me, the level of strength that I've had. Also, be very careful about your prayers. Don't pray for strength. Don't pray for like <laughs> unconditional love. Don't be praying for like teach me how to grace. Uh, don't be watch your prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I prayed for was, um, Lord, I want peace. Mm-hmm. Peace. Lord, yeah. I want peace. I just, mm-hmm. yes, Lord, I want so much peace. <laughs> and then all this freaking chaos. Yeah. And I was like, this is not peace. But God was, God was literally was like, I have to bring you through all of this. So you that you know to. what peace is. Yeah. I thought I had peace in the middle of chaos, child. Mm-hmm. I thought I had peace, but had I not gone through all the chaos and all the foolishness and, and gotten to the other side, I'm like, oh, this is pure peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I tell you there were, there were times I was stressed. I was like, Lord, I'm, I was a stay at home mom. How do I freaking provide for these kids? Okay. Like, let's talk about the fact mm-hmm. that I have to not, I'm the sole provider for these children. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every time I thought I had nowhere to go, God would open a door. Yep. Every time I thought I was unsure, God would open a door. Mm-hmm. And there were times where he's like, okay, go into that space. I'm like, God, I'm not qualified. I don't know what to say. God, I was like, get your little raggedy <laughs> behind in there and go sit down. I mean, I'd have made a seat at the table. You done prayed for eight months about this darn seat. And now you won't go sit in there. Now you're scared to sit in it. If you don't go sit, get somewhere sit down. <laughs> I love it. The conversations I got and I have had over the course yeah, of the last four years it. of my life is like, no one can tell me that He's God not. is not good or that he is not real. I have lived it. I'm, I am living it. Yeah. I am experiencing it daily. Yeah. God, I don't, I don't know how to get out of this. And then something will happen. I'm like, God, that is not what I meant. He's like, are you going to let me handle it or do you want to handle it? I was like, no, no, you oh, got it. He's like, oh, because you know best yeah, or yeah. do I know best? Oh, no, no, okay. okay, you got it, you got it. But it's like the amount of surrender that I've learned over the course of the last four years in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a level that is scary. Yeah. Yeah. And there are days where I am scared. I'm like, am I doing this right? Because mm-hmm. Lord knows parenting is also an experiment. I'm figuring it out in real time. Figuring it out day by day. I didn't know that. My parents didn't know what the heck they were doing. And I'm the oldest. They didn't know what the heck they were doing. I was the experiment. They (laughs) kind of got better as, you know, they had more kids. But real life experiment. And then I had children. And I was like, I thought they had it figured out. They don't. No, no. They're just trying to get us to bed and make sure we stay alive. That's it. Because Lord knows we were making decisions. Did you have a meal? And I mean a meal. I know they're supposed to get three. But did you have one? Yeah. Did you eat? A roof, a roof, your head. and some clothes. And as children, we were making decisions that weren't the smartest. Like <laughs> kids want to jump. I remember my three-year-old wanted at the one point he wanted to jump like from the top stairwell. Mm-hmm. No, you can't do that. No, for sure, for sure. I just got to keep you alive. Got to keep you alive, right? Right. Yeah. And it's it is a daily choice. Yeah. Well, I think that if there was ever a mom watching that was scared about her next move or doubting if she could even do it. I think this, like, if you have a friend that's a single mom or whatever, maybe she's not a single mom, maybe she's married, whatever, but 
send her this because the the level of courage, confidence, and just discipline that you have is so encouraging. And I'm like, even for me, like you've been in this space a little longer than I have. So I'm looking up to you like, man, like I could, like, I can't wait to be in that seat in two years and to say, I'm, I'm glad it happened because look how far God brought me, you know? It took time though. Yeah. It took time. Yeah. So we have, um, I have a Patreon community that I love. Okay. Hey, and my Patreon community, they're called The Village. Hey, The Village. Um, because I feel like it takes a village to do everything. It does. It takes, it takes a village to do everything. And God knows that um, I can't carry this on my own. And so with the help of him, obviously, and then the ones that he has sent me in The Village, I feel like I can do, I'm capable of doing so much more. So we, um, I have a, a phone number that they text and call and leave voicemails. But I have two texts for... Um, one is from Latoya, Hi, and she's from New Jersey, and she wants to know how to walk away from a toxic relationship when you know it no longer serves you, it's no good. What um, scripture is your go-to when praying for strength? When you've got Philippians 4.13. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of walking away, how honest can I be? Very. We know. Mm-hmm. If you're asking the question, you know. Mm-hmm. If you know that it's toxic, you know. Mm-hmm. God's desire for you is not toxicity. Mm-hmm. God's desire for you in a relationship is not chaos. Yeah. God's desire for you is love. Mm-hmm. If I th- that I think I know, and I can only talk for myself. I know some of the situations that I was mad at God for were decisions that I made, including the person that I chose to date and marry. Mm-hmm. Yep. I knew. Yep. Yep. If you're not ma- if you're not married and you know that this person is toxic for you and you know that there is no place of peace and love and abundance and this person cannot carry you the way that they're meant to support you biblically speaking biblically if yes if they're faith based you don't need to be there especially if there's nothing holding you to it right now and if you don't have kids, kids get out please and this get is out. no offense to the other person this is you knowing and understanding yourself and discernment is so important mm-hmm. let me tell you when i found and i and i do this people ask me all the time even in my business like how do you know which decisions to make how do you know which mm-hmm. investments to make my discernment is so good mm. but i had to be so quiet and, and in tune with him and in tune with god and my spirit man and my and the holy spirit mm-hmm. no one can t- i know mm-hmm. but when my discernment is off and i'm confused and i'm unsure that means i need to go sit down and be quiet for a minute and i need to be still mm, so good so That's i so would good. say be still be still and that was one thing um i'm going to echo everything that you just yeah. said because i remember when when i was married and i would have these like big arguments with yeah. my husband and I was so upset and, you know, my mom would tell me, I would call my mom because she's my best friend. I would call her about everything. And she would be like, she wouldn't give me any advice. She wouldn't say, come over. She wouldn't say, I'll be over in five minutes or let's go get coffee or let's go to the movie. She would say, Megan, you need to get somewhere and be quiet. Be still. She was like, you need to be quiet. Yep. And it was in those moments of being quiet where I could actually hear God mm-hmm. to know and what the loud. next- 
he's very clear when you're quiet, but yeah. you got to be quiet. You're not. It's like I told my children the same thing. I'm not about to yell over you. No. When you're done talking, then I'll have an answer. <laughs> Are and you so, done? And and literally every time I would be, you know, I would take time to be silent. He would always speak. Mm -hmm. And so for you, Latoya, I would say everything that Sarah said, if you know, you know. But then also I, I would ask how much you're inviting God into that conversation mm -hmm. and how much you're inviting God into that relationship um, and get somewhere and be quiet and hear him for whatever that answer is. And I'm going to add one more thing. This is for folks who are dating. Again, this is not advice for someone who's married. This is for dating. And actually, maybe it is for married folks because I sh <laughs> sure wish I would have asked myself. Um, if your son or daughter were to date this person, would you be proud of it? If it's a good inventory check. If would you be okay with your daughter dating this person? Yeah. If someone was to talk about you through the lens or through the voice of your partner, mm -hmm. would you be okay with that? Mm -hmm. And if you're not, you need to walk away. And then the last thing that I will say is our habits and patterns speak to everything. Mm -hmm. When something happens once, it will okay, happen. I got you. Mm -hmm. When it happens a second time, it's a pattern. I got to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your habits form. Heavy on the two times. Got to go. I got to go. <laughs> One time, there's grace. The two time? Because there's grace and redemption, but go ask God about that. <laughs> not, I Let am not stop. your redeemer. <laughs> I am not your redeemer child. Sorry, Latoya. Okay, this is from Monica from South Carolina. Hey, How did you navigate the journey with your son? Um, she has concerns about trusting him with other people mm -hmm. in school um, or people possibly taking advantage of him. Sure. Uh, it is something that I worry about daily. Same. Yeah. That worry doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, especially because he's nonverbal. If something happens, um, I know me, I'm going to jail fast and orange is not my color. That yeah. shade of orange is not my color. Yeah. Um, I don't look good in stripes, mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to jail. I'm oh, walking sure. myself in like no need for a trial. I'm guilty. No, I did it. I did it. it was and I'll bad. do it again. And listen, we just got to take it up with God. Yep. Um, but it is a very difficult. And as someone who like, I had help with family for mm -hmm. a long time and then to not have that. Mm -hmm. So it was a massive, like my nanny's amazing, but it was a massive vetting process mm -hmm. for me. And I watched and watched and I've got cameras in my house. Mm -hmm. Like I don't play, I have cameras everywhere in the mm -hmm. house, especially everywhere Josiah, I know will frequent, um, is there. And I, again, use your discernment, but I don't leave them with anyone that's not family. Yeah. And by family, I mean like my parents. <laughs> I don't do aunts and uncles. I don't, I don't play none of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and even like with my nanny, it was a whole background FBI check. Yeah. Uh, I talked to her family. I talked to, you know, and she had many, many years of experience. Wow. Um, and so it's, I mean, she's actually why I'm able to be here yeah. in Atlanta now, but it was a, it was, it, it, it is something that I consistently continually worry about. Wow. Especially if it gets hurt, if, um, you know, if he gets taken advantage of and he can't tell me, I would lose my ish. Yeah. I, would. I also have everybody contractually obligated to. So, cause then I'm gonna take you out. <laughs> I'm still need, a businesswoman. See, that's, a, that's, that's what I, that's what I need to get from you. I'm like, I need all the, the processes, the contracts, <laughs> the NDAs, the, I need to get all that stuff. I'll give you. you all of it. Yeah. I'm like, today. I, she's like, I my nannies have, ND, like my nanny has everybody an NDA. Everybody needs an NDA. I don't play. Yeah. You're um, not going to write a tell all book. <laughs> I, I mean, I have nothing to tell. 
but single, <laughs> but, but still, <laughs> right. No, but still, I think it's hard. You know, when you have a child with special needs, I'm very protective over Caleb. Um, and I always am mindful to watch how he responds to other people. And when I see how he responds to other people, it kind of gives me some indication of his level of trust for them, um, which gives me a little bit more way to kind of keep an eye out on or to pray. Um, but prayer, pray about everything, like pray about it, just pray about it, pray about, you know, pray before you take them to school, pray over those teachers, pray over the school, pray over the principal and whoever pray over the therapist. Like I pray over everything and everyone. Cause I know I can't be everywhere, but I know God can, God can be everywhere and anywhere at any time. I can't be. And I also know that he hasn't called me to be worried. He says, cast your cares upon him for he cares for us. So that is a care that I have to give him. And I have to trust that he's going to care for Caleb. He's going to care for him wherever he goes. He's going to have his eye out on him wherever he goes. And, and like you said earlier, the area that you worry the most about is the area you trust God the least about. And that hit me so hard. And it's like, I have to trust God with what he gave me. He gave me Caleb. And so I have to trust that he's going to protect Caleb everywhere he goes. And so, yeah. And I, you know, I just to sing what you just said, um, it's interesting. I just did my 2024 like vision board and wrote out the outlines for all the businesses and my intentions and what I choose to accomplish. And I was talking to a friend of mine and she's like, there's something you're forgetting. And I said, what's that? She said, pray for godly support. Mm. I have a great team, but pray for, and godly I know we're about support. to expand, oh, but that. pray for godly support. All right, you guys, at this point, I know we can spot a too good to be true health hack a mile away. Do you check for the latest studies on health aging or do you read labels like it's your job? Come on, be honest. Is that you? Well, congratulations. You're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds their standards. Ritual's Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. I love Ritual Essentials because for women 18 and older, this is one of the few multivitamins that are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified bee crop and made traceable. Gentle on an empty stomach with a minty essence in every bottle that helps making taking your multivitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com totality. Start Ritual or add a Central for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash totality for 25% off. All right, back to the show. Okay, you guys, before we continue on with this episode, have you ever been on a hunt for a new doctor and you asked everyone? So I totally know what this feels like. You ask everybody who you know for a doctor that listens to you, knows what you need, makes you feel comfortable. After weeks of searching and asking everyone around town, you finally find the one. It's close to the kid's school. It's close to your house. It's amazing. It checks all the boxes. So then you call the office, you make an appointment, and they actually have an available appointment. Everything is working out just right. But then the receptionist tells you that the perfect doctor that you've been waiting for and you searched all over for doesn't take your insurance. I'm telling you right now, 
wipe the tears, put away the ice cream, and head over to ZocDoc.com to find and book a doctor who is right for you and takes your insurance. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones that take your insurance, that are located near you, and treat almost every and any condition you're searching for. These doctors have verified reviews from actual real patients, not robots. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc.com is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. You can find the doctor you want and book them immediately with just a few app taps. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Go to ZocDoc.com totality and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc.com totality. ZocDoc.com totality. All right, guys, back to the show. And for me, that also includes my personal life. Mm, so now I pray for my landscaper. I know that's right. I pray for my nanny. I know that's I right. I pray for my team. I pray for I pr- anyone, all the therapists, uh, any aides, any teachers, anyone that has any, is breathing any air around mm-hmm. Josiah. You pray for Praying every- for godly yeah. support. Yeah. And he'll give it to you. And he has. Yep. And he continues to show up. Yep. And when things are not okay, I know when I'm supposed to, again, discernment, I'm, I'm able yeah. to walk away or be like, no, you're fired yeah. or no, you can't work with him. Or I don't, that aid does not yeah. sit well. Josiah tells me like, I know based mm-hmm. on Josiah's energy. Yep. If he likes this person oh, or not. Oh yeah. If Caleb ain't coming up to you doing peekaboo. No. He do not he mess not with like you. And don't be afraid to like visit the schools. If this pop is a school, up. like I pop up. Pop, pop up. Pop up on your kid. What I believe Rihanna that. say? Pull up. I believe in that. I pull up. Unannounced. And also, not to scare the teachers here, I also <laughs> keep a really good rapport though with all his teachers and aides. Anyone mm-hmm. that he is in connection to, um, because the more of a relationship that I built with them, the more comfortable I'm also with yeah. them. And I think to kind of settle your spirit um, and your soul, I would say to, to have an open communication and dialogue with the teachers and yeah. aides um, and whoever is working with your child. Ask lots and lots of questions yes. because it shows that you're an active involved Correct. parent and that you're paying attention to details. Yes. Ask questions and ask for pictures. I ask for pictures. All the time. Can I get pictures? I need to see some. What's he, what's he up what's to? He doing? And my, my ex is really good about that too. And he'll end up sending them to me. But like, we've always been big on that. Like we ask for pictures. Yeah. We'll roll up. Brandon is really good at popping up at the kids' school doing we lunches. Lunch together. Yeah, we yeah. having lunch. You know, pop up. Um, I think that that's really, really important, especially with a child with special needs, because there's all this opportunity that the enemy wants you to be stressed and and worried and anxious. And God has not called us to be that. And so you have to trust that God is going to do what He said He's going to do. And if He knows the plans that He has for you, He also knows the plans that He has for your child. Mm-hmm. And He will be there to protect and watch over them. Um, our job is just to trust and pray. And I think that's the biggest thing. So before we end the episode, I always want to um I I always give my audience um like a journal prompt. Mm -hmm. And so um, this week, because we talked about marriage, relationships, kids, um, I would, I want you guys to journal what type of partnership 
and spouse that you want Mm -hmm. and what that's going to require from you to maintain and steward the type of partner that you want. What is God going to require from you? Um, And so I think that's a good inventory check. But before we go, what do you feel hopeful for? Mm. What's something that you're hopeful for, especially going into the new year? In my business or my personal life? Both. For me, it's funny, I just had this conversation. So in 2023, it was like my butterfly year. Like I Mm -hmm. I knew that it was time for me to come out of the cocoon. I'm Mm -hmm. different. Everything's changed. New life, new everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was flying. Mm -hmm. But birds and butterflies come down at some point. Mm -hmm. And then they go back up and they fly Mm -hmm. and they do something beautiful. And then they come back and they settle. And this year was a year of grounding for me. So Mm -hmm. it's like having those like ups and downs. Mm -hmm. In 2024, for me, it's time to soar. Like Mm -hmm. I know that that's going to be my word of the year is soar. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine asked me, what's the difference? And eagles don't. They soar and they Mm -hmm. stay and they Mm -hmm. soar and they're majestic Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful and they're grand. And there's a level of respect and just like they're rare. Yeah. I have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. That. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for me to sit in it. Mm-hmm. And it's time for me to soar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hopeful for my children for continued growth. And uh, we talked about this earlier. One of the things that happened to me that I thought I would never hear is I, th- I heard Josiah say mama. And How was that feeling? <laughs> I lost it. I lost it because I never thought I'd hear it. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I got to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered and dreamt of what his voice would sound like. And I didn't get to hear the baby talk and I didn't mm-hmm. get to hear these different versions of, of how his voice changed. And, um, he was mad. <laughs> he said, mama. And I was like, I don't even care that you're mad. <laughs> I was like, you know me and you know my name. And it was, it was one of those beautiful moments where, you know, I was like, okay, God, I, you, you're hearing my prayer at night. You're hearing my tears. You, you see me. And so there are opportunities where I can, you know, continue to focus more. I'm hopeful mm-hmm. for Josiah to, even if it's a few words. Yeah. And sometimes communication isn't, you know, verbally. It's yeah. his iPad. It's like, I'm like, okay, so it's coming together for him where yeah. he's able to start communicating. And so I'm very, very hopeful in, in that part yeah. for him. And I know you don't share those all the time, but you have to share those moments I with me when baby. you get, I know you don't oh share them God, publicly, but you have it. to share those with me. Cause those are like, you don't. As a parent with a special needs child, everyone celebrates the milestones that we don't get the opportunity to celebrate. And just so that you know, like, as your sister in Christ, as your friend, you can celebrate those moments with me because you need to hear like, that's amazing. Like, that's amazing. That's a big deal. And that's like a milestone for us that like everyone else kind of takes it and moves on with it. But for us, it's like, whether it came at one month or, you know, six months or it came at 13. Yeah. It's a big deal. To hear mama, thank you. Thank you for that. Because I, I really didn't. I remember I called my mom and I was like on the floor just <laughs> sobbing. Um, so I'm very, very hopeful for my children and um, my sweet boy, Jeremiah. It's it's interesting. I'm even watching him and his evolution, who he's becoming and being a continually being a better mother. I'm hopeful to, to grow in my faith yeah. and grow in who... And, and in my voice, because of Josiah, I found my voice. I'm watching him starting to build his own faith mm. and his own walk. And isn't that cool? It is the dopest experience. I love it. 
to watch him see God from a child's yeah. point of view. And the way that he thinks about God and the way that he talks about God, the way that he's hopeful for himself. And, and sometimes he'll say, do you think God is proud of me? And I'm like, yeah, baby, absolutely. Are you proud of me? I said, I'm always proud of you, but like, are you proud of you? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, as he's developing and growing and having his own walk, yeah. it's a really cool thing to, to see as a mother. I'm like, okay, I'm doing a really good job. <laughs> right. Like you have to pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Nope, it's called self-esteem, esteem yeah. of yourself. And so you have to pat yourself on the back and tell yourself that you're, you're doing a great job. And, you know, despite the guilt and everything else that you feel, but I'm just really, really hopeful for, for him and his evolution and yeah. his growth. Um, and then for my business, I think like my primary focus will be, and which is why I love, love, love you. And I love this podcast is to continue to share my voice mm-hmm. and to talk more about my faith and yeah. talk more about my journey and the process that I've been. Um, one of the things that I've learned is that the testimony wasn't for me. The lived experience that I had wasn't for me. It's so that I can yeah, to, to talk else. about, I can help someone else. Yeah. Um, and then obviously from a business standpoint, it's definitely expanding, yeah. expanding the business and, um, and not expansion as in more businesses, but like really honing in and focus and having clarity, um, for, for, for the new year and yeah. making sure that like, I want to be triumphant. Yeah. I love that. I want everything that God has for me. Yeah. Everything with no my- crumbs left. No. Cause yeah. you know, I, I think often about like on earth as it is in heaven in the prayer. And I think sometimes we're so concerned about in heaven that we forget the on earth part. Cause he, come I on want it here. here. Yeah. And I'm allowed to desire more mm-hmm. money. I'm allowed to desire more. Mm-hmm. One, I need to steward it. And then two for next year, I want to be a giver. Yeah. Cause I don't want to hoard it. Hoard it. Yeah. I want so to be a, be a blessing. Yeah. I want to be able to, to give it away. I want to be able yeah. to just like start my own VC yeah. um, at some point and making sure that I'm funding black and brown folks and making sure that I'm funding us because we're innovative and we, we yeah. are so creative. We just, it's nearly impossible for us to get money. And so yeah. I, I want to make sure that I'm building towards that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot that I want to do, but I know that I need to have clarity yeah. and focus uh, and some stillness still involved. Mm. I love that. I love that. I, and I'm going to be praying that, you know, God brings us together to do something for moms and special needs parents and children. I just, I knew I had that feeling when we first connected three years ago. And I just know that the fact that that void is still out there, I know that we could come together and do something amazing to help other people and give them some of the wisdom and knowledge that we've gone through. And you know, finding the right resources so that people can thrive in their lives. Correct. Because an autistic diagnosis is not the end. No. A divorce is not the end. No. You can still live and you can still thrive after that. So I think that is like the main point of our of our conversation today. And I'm so thankful that you came all this way, all the way across the country. I had to do it. <laughs> to come sit with me and share your story. And I know so many people are going to be touched and encouraged and blessed by it. And thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your yes. And thank you for all that you're doing, just everything. Thank you. And thank give you. Jeremiah and Josiah my love. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you guys for joining us on another episode of In Totality. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure to um, set your notifications on all the good things. Join my Patreon, the village community. Exclusive content goes out every single week. So make sure you join that. Make sure you follow Sarah, Sarah Lovestyle on Instagram, TikTok, 
I guess there's not Twitter, it's X. I don't know. I'm not on that platform, but X, um, YouTube, she has a podcast and it's amazing. So much wisdom and wealth of knowledge from her. So make sure you guys follow her and check her out. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Hey, you guys, before you go, I just wanted to say how grateful I am for your love and support. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment and share it with a friend or a family member. If you could do me one huge favor, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a heartfelt review. It helps others just like you discover the podcast. You guys, let's continue to spread the inspiration. For more about me and the podcast, visit www.themeganashley.com. Until next time, stay encouraged that you are so valuable and so loved.